Music to Code By is taking the developer world by storm. Now there are six extra tracks available online in addition to the original three. That's nine Pomodoros of pure productivity just waiting for you. Check them out at mtcb.pwop.com. Net Rocks, episode 1229, with guest Joseph Woodward. Recorded Tuesday, November 24th, 2015. That's right, it's time for .NET Rocks one more time. Hey, Richard. Hey, buddy. I'm, uh... Carl Franklin, I'm on the East Coast, and that's Richard Campbell. He's on the West Coast of North America, the, howdy, the howdy. continent anyway. Yes. Yes. About as far away as we can get from each other, pretty much. And still be in the same continent. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. I mean, maybe if I was in Florida. And I was in, I know, Anchorage. Van- yeah, if you were in Anchorage, perhaps. <laughs> but it's still pretty far away. We use old school technology here. It's called the telephone. <laughs> maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> Hey, uh, Joseph Woodward is here. We're going to be talking to him in just a few minutes. But before we bring him on, we got a few things to do. Namely, better know a framework. Awesome. All right, buddy, what do you got? Well, um, these days, I like to just sort of hang out in Slack with uh, the guys that work for me and sort of watch the things that come across their radar. And uh, this is another one of those. This is Wakatime, W-A-K-A time.com. And what this is, is it's a way to measure how long you spend coding. Oh, wow. And it supports a bunch of different editors, and it supports a bunch of different languages. And uh, you basically can measure how, you know, your real-time metrics per project, file, branch, commit, feature, operating system, editor, language, or whatever. You know, do you spend more time in Ruby, JavaScript, Python, C Sharp, whatever you do, it'll tell you how much time you're spending. And, and it's just a kind of a good metric to know. Um, it's the sign of feedback that we can get now. It's just unprecedented. And this is one of those things. The more you know, the better, right? Yeah, I think so. And the only reason I mention it is because they do have a sort of an introductory free thing. It is an open source. Uh, wait a minute. Is it open source? Well, the plugins are open source, but um, they do have pricing and, you know, it's it's free for like one week of dashboard history and um, gives you unlimited integrations and email reports and revision control stats and support. But then for nine bucks a month, you can get, you know, unlimited everything and whatever. And then there's a team option and an enterprise option. It's still pretty cheap. Nice. Yeah. So that's it. Walkatime.com. That's a good one, dude. That's very cool. Thanks. Who's talking to us, Richard? I grabbed a comment off of show 1193, the one we did with Mr. Billy Hollis when we talked about universal apps. Yeah. And this comment, the comment is great, and Billy's response is amazing. But I (laughs) I thought it really got me thinking about 
sort of state of affairs. Uh, this is from Kesem Zur, who says, uh, great show as always with tons of in you. Thank you. Billy, I'd love to hear your opinion. I'm part of a team writing a complex UI for a system in the health industry. <laughs> That's right up Billy's alley. Yeah. We're at the point of deciding between a Windows 10 XAML and WPF. On one hand, WPF is around a long time, proved to be stable, and allows a lot of UI modification and styling with existing controls. On the other hand, Windows 10 XAML deals better with touch, including some gestures like zoom and tap. And since it is the framework that Microsoft is currently using for their big players like Office, it might have better support in the future. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And Billy nails it as usual. He says, uh, you know, the immediate UX advantage to Windows 10, as you know, is touch. That's the important bit. The amount of work you have to do to get a good touch experience in WPF is probably a lot more than you would expect. So if you expect touch to be a big part, say, in mobile systems used by clinicians, a Windows 10 app is going to be a lot better experience with a lot less effort. However, the main reason my clients are choosing Windows 10 and universal apps is the shelf life of the platform. They are expecting to get at least 10 more years out of it. Now, WPF will certainly be supported that long, but there's likely to be a point where before then it's going to get very little in the way of new functionality. If the app you create isn't static, which is always going to be true of a healthcare app, then it needs to keep up with the times, and there's likely to be a shorter time before it's necessary to rewrite it because of changing technologies. Windows 10 will do almost anything that WPF will do, so the only thing you give up is that resulting app will only run in Windows 10. That would be a big deal if it had to run on existing desktop machines that won't be updated or replaced. It's not a big deal if you've got dedicated devices given to users, like tablets and phones. Since you're getting new devices anyway, they'll all have Win 10 on them. And I wish you could just write in WPF and have a natural variation path that would require little work to go to Windows 10 later. Unfortunately, there are differences large enough that migration will mean a lot of work. So it's probably better just mine that old system of assets and rewrite in Windows 10. What do you think? Yeah. I think Billy's just a big pile of awesome Spot as usual. On. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 you know, he's the conservative guy too, right? I just, you know, love that he's just saying this is a better way to go. Yep. Sure and he's is. always believed in XAML. So, Kesem, I hope uh, Billy gave you a great answer, and I really liked hearing those thoughts and, you know, your situation as well. I, I'm with you. I always bet on what Microsoft's betting on. The fact that Office is making the move to implement the Win 10 stuff says a lot for what's important to Microsoft, and that's a good place for all of us to leave. So, a .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you, and if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of the social media. We post every show to Google Plus and Facebook. And if we read it there, we'll send you a mug. Yeah, that's right. And you can also tweet us. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. We love your tweets. Send them to your friends, too, while you're at it. What the heck? Hey, uh, it's time to introduce Joseph Woodward. He is a full-stack-loving web application developer living in the wet, windy, and wonderful Somerset in the United Kingdom. Having spent the first part of his career programming predominantly in PHP, Joe realized the joys he was missing when he started getting his feet wet in the .NET world almost four years ago and has never looked back since. Outside of work, Joe enjoys contributing to open source projects, getting woken up in the middle of the night by his 18-month-old daughter, and trying to play the piano. <laughs> You can find <laughs> Joe on Twitter at Joe underscore mighty or via his blog at josephwoodward.co.uk. Welcome, Joseph. Hi. Happy to be here. Yeah, great. 
pretty psyched to be here actually you know i've been listening to you guys for a while now since doing the, the dot net and yeah it's it's really good oh that's great and uh what do you like to play on the piano i bet you play chopsticks with your daughter no not 18 <laughs> months old i'll be no. impressed if she could do <laughs> you don't put her um, on the you don't put her on your knee and like play for her oh yeah but she makes an absolute racket she's got her own tiny uh tiny piano next to mine actually so as i'm as i'm playing my chopsticks she's uh playing whatever the heck she's she's trying to play oh that's awesome but, uh yeah yeah she absolutely loves that i definitely think she's uh she'll be having lessons when she's older so when she's old enough and then she'll eventually turn 12 and hate everything about it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And she'll it? turn I mean, 18 and hate you. <laughs> yeah, but then she'll turn 25 and wish, you yeah. know, I stopped her from she giving knew how up. to play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like it's clockwork. It's like clockwork. It happens. <laughs> you just can see it happening in slow motion. You're like, oh, geez, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't been there. I can definitely see that, that happening one day. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Visual Studio 2015, what do you think? Absolutely love it. Um, you know, as I said, it, it as just read in my bio there. Um, I used to do a lot of PHP and some of the editors for PHP are, are great, but Visual Studio, absolutely fantastic. It's a, yeah. it's a brilliant editor. Um, yeah, so it's really, really good. So, um, have you been following the new .NET and ASP.NET and all that stuff since the early betas? Oh, I have, yes. And it's uh, it's all very exciting, isn't it? I'm always keeping up to date on Twitter with uh, everything going on there. And I'm also subscribed to the um, following the development on GitHub. Right. And it's just crazy how fast those guys are working and what they're doing. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a crazy year, really. Sure. It's is. been amazing as well, Microsoft, what they've done. I mean, since I started, um, you know, Microsoft have, have gone through this, this massive shift from you know, the the original Microsoft and now this open Microsoft in the space of just, you know, sort of two years, if that. And I kind of feel like I've I've jumped on the bandwagon just at the right point on that, that pinnacle moment it turns. It's been really, really good to sort of see that. Do you feel when you talk to your customers that you feel like the boy who cried wolf? You know, like, no, really, they have changed. It's yeah, like, yeah. serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm a, I'm a big uh, TypeScript fan. Oh, and cool. you often get a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, Mike, that's Microsoft, though, isn't it? It's like, no, seriously, you know, this, yeah. is, this is the new Microsoft. They open source this, you yeah. know. This isn't just used by Microsoft. You should check it out. Yeah, they're not and, just uh, trying yeah. to suck you in to buy Windows. You know? Yeah, yeah. What's that, uh, that, that old embrace, extinguish, extinguish? comment you often hear from people yeah. embrace extend extinguish yes yeah. yeah yeah that's the one yeah i used to hear that a lot when i was, I was doing my, my php development work and yeah. talking to a lot of my old friends that are saying oh you're on the dark side now with microsoft yeah. like that, man. you want to see the tools they use there um yeah they'll 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 teach you a thing or two they sure the best will. thing i could say about typescript when people ask me about it is it says the google angular team are now use typescript as their default approach to angular like, what more do you yeah. want? Amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, they, they hit the nail. As far as I'm concerned, they hit the nail on the head with, with TypeScript. I mean, it's got that, that perfect blend of, of JavaScript that people enjoy, but at the same time, you know, sort of allowing you to, to kind of s- statically decorate your, your JavaScript code to, you know, to your heart's content as much or, or as little as you want. Just to have operators that you know are going to work. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, it's nice. It's just yeah. nice. Yeah, no, they've so, done a brilliant job. So, um, if you're gonna, if there's people out there who haven't installed Visual Studio 2015 yet and are on a previous version, what are they in for? What I mean, are they, is it just like another installation of Visual Studio, or is there anything remarkably different this time? 
Well, I mean, obviously, naturally, you've got um, the the inclusion of of Rosalind in there in terms of the editor. You know, the the whole, especially doing any kind of .NET MVC work, the whole um, structure of the application has changed, which is a, a bit of a shock, and the, the whole way you develop as well in general. Mm. Um, is is completely completely overhauled. It's you know it's really really good direction. I'm really sort of happy to see them going in this direction as well. Sort of um, including less opinionated more. maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, an area that I'm I'm particularly keen about with Visual Studio is is just how much they offer you in the way of um, of tools to kind of improve productivity. I'm a, a massive nerd when it comes to to shortcuts. You know, I hate touching the mouse when I'm I'm doing development, yeah. and and thankfully, you know, the the Visual Studio guys have done a fantastic job in giving us developers those kind of tools that really allow us to to be productive. Only if you know about them, of course. You know, True. I'm surprised how many people I talk to who are using Studio 2015 because it it comes with their volume license agreement, but they're still essentially using it like it's 2010. They haven't changed anything, even though underneath everything has changed. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's like when you watch those people. Um, you know, sort of less experience on the computer, copy and pasting things, and they're sort of dragging the mouse over the text, right-clicking, copy, you know, moving it to the, the other window, right-click, paste, and you're thinking, no, there's, you know, there's there's just some fantastic options there to to really kind of speed up your, your productivity. Sort um, of the fastest I ever saw anybody go in Visual Studio is Mark Miller with Code Rush. You know, not, he wrote it, and so he knows all of the tips and tricks and everything. And talk about keyboard shortcuts, man. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check them out. I'm always always interested in that kind of stuff. I um yeah, I mean I've sort of been going through the stages, going through the process of learning shortcuts within Visual Studio and and it's surprising kind of what's you know, how fast you can really get and, and productive. So is the first tip and trick that sort of the er tip and trick, just use shortcuts in general? Well, it kind of de- depends. I mean, before you really get into the shortcuts, it's, you can you can spend as much time as you want looking at shortcuts, um, and until you really sort of stop and trying to incorporate them into your workflow, you're not really going to get the benefit out of them. And what I mean by incorporate them into your workflow is kind of go from stopping, you know, thinking, okay, what shortcuts do I need here? What are the keys I press? And really yeah. trying to master the, the the tool and kind of making the prime example uh, you with your your guitar when you when you play a chord you don't stop and you think oh I need to play you know the the, the C now sure. you instinctively instinctively play the the appropriate chord that you're thinking of in that moment it's so almost until like until you commit it to muscle memory it's not going to really help you exactly yeah. yeah it's almost as if without wanting to be sort of the, the Mr. Miyagi of Visual Studio it's almost like you become one with your your tool you know sure. there's there's they become an, an extension of you, um, yeah. and people stop you and they're saying, "Oh gosh, what shortcut was that you pressed?" Yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah, oh, I, 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 don't I, "I don't know." <laughs> Hold yeah. on, let me try again. Yeah, and, and you know, when you when you kind of reach that point and you start kind of dedicating time to really, you know, really, really kind of building that that arsenal of shortcuts. Yeah, um, you know, at that point you start to become really, really productive, um, and that's definitely something I'm. I'm quite quite keen on, on doing and certainly find really yeah really interesting this portion of dotnet rocks is brought to you by stackify our dev-centric friends at stackify have been awarded pc magazine's editor's choice 
for application performance management, stating the depth of application information provided by Stackify totally outshined the other products in this category. Because Stackify so successfully integrates errors, logs, and metrics into a core APM Plus tool, it's a must-have for .NET developers, which is why PC Magazine's Paul Farrell calls it one of the best infrastructure management services of 2015. Try Stackify now for free, and they'll ship you their coveted Developers Against Humanity card game. Just activate your account. Use the link bit.ly slash netrocks to build better apps faster and get your free game. I found uh, visualstudioshortcuts.com which is actually an open source project to list all of the shortcuts in studio. Nice. For 2012, 2013, and 2015. Oh, that's Mads Christensen, isn't it? It is. And it's yeah, massive. Yeah. He's, he's tenacious, he is, isn't he? With <laughs> his, what he, what he sort of pumps out. He does some brilliant things. Yeah. It's, and it's just, I mean, just the list itself, but you're right. You need this to be muscle memory so that you, you don't even remember that you did it. It's just, it's the faster way to go. But how do you get started on that? Well, that's the thing. Um, from from experience, what I found best is, as with anything, is is repetition. But at the same time, you need to ensure that you're not trying to trying to take on too many shortcuts in one go. I mean, really, what you want to do is kind of analyze your workflow and, and have a look at what you spend most of your time doing. Yeah, sure. Um, and then see what shortcuts are out there that kind of cater to those to those needs. Um, and really kind of make yourself a promise that you're going to use that shortcut. It's far too easy sometimes to think, okay, I just need to select that line. I'll quickly use the mouse. It's what I'm used to doing. But sometimes you kind of have to force yourself to go through that, that learning process, much like I remember playing the guitar and you learning the, um, the bard F chord. Oh, yeah. That's what Jim Holm calls the f***ing F chord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. I mean, I was certainly cussing when I was learning. That's my fingers, gosh. Yeah, that's the most painful chord because it's so close to the nut and you have to bar your index finger all the way across all six strings. And it hurts at first, anyway. Yeah, it's unpleasant, isn't it? And it's kind of the same thing with with some of these shortcuts. You're kind of thinking, well, you know, why why am I really learning this? Surely just using the mouse is quicker. Mm. But then when you start thinking about, um, you know, the importance of sort of flow when you're developing and getting into the zone you start to learn that these shortcuts really lend themselves really well to being able to stay in that that sweet spot where you know you're kind of you're locked into what you're doing and you're not context switching you know you're not right. stopping to take your hand off the keyboard um right. and and you know really thinking about what what you're doing you, you know you want it to kind of flow out of you and you want it to be instinctive and the only way you do that is by forcing yourself through those unpleasantries of, of really kind of committing those shortcuts to, to muscle memory yeah i yeah. gotta think the place to start then is just the edit shortcuts because we spend a lot of time typing code yeah yeah exactly do you have a favorite because there's a i'm looking at the list there's a hundred of them there's literally a hundred of them Oh, I've got I've got tons here. I've put together a massive list of them. I mean, I don't know whether you want to go through them all. I don't want to I don't want to bore anybody, but I've, pick, I've definitely pick got a couple a, a favorites just so we get some sense. Like I, I think the control arrow keys, so you're skipping word to word instead of letter to letter, mm-hmm. is just such a simple thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's top of the list when it comes to the the bread and butter techniques, as as I like to kind of call them. Um, you don't want to, as you say, you don't want to be sort of moving the. the the carrot one character at a time you want to be jumping words you know you want to kind of see where you're going and get there as soon as possible without touching the mouse and yeah that that control left and right you know really does help you jump over those word boundaries um another one that 
I very rarely see people using as simple as control tab. If you've got multiple documents open, just control tab in between them. Um, It's surprising how, you know, how much that, that helps in, in kind of improving your workflow as well when you're control tabbing. Getting back to the editors, control X, I use to delete lines all the time. I yeah, think yeah, that I'm was like same. a word star command, wasn't it, Richard? The original? Yeah. Good Lord, I don't even I remember. That, I mean, it's, yeah, that's it forever from. ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm exactly the same. You know, I'm, I'm constantly sort of overwriting my... Um, my my clipboard with things that I've 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 cut out and you know luckily you can get them back in Visual Studio but it's it's yeah it's those fundamental kind of navigating around the uh, the, the the code windows that will really help um, another fantastic one if you've got Resharper rather than Visual Studio mm-hmm. um, is the extend and shrink selection I don't know whether you guys have got Resharper and yeah. whether you use that shortcut yep. Basically, for those that don't have it or those that have it and and aren't using it, what's fantastic about the extend and shrink selection is you can you can have your carrot over a word and you can hold down what is it? It's um, Control Alt and you can press left or right and it will extend the selection by almost by scope. So if it's your carrot's on a word, you'll extend it by the word and then the entire string mm-hmm. um, and then to the function and then to the the class that that function belongs to or, or, or scope within around that function. Right. And you can essentially kind of extend your your selection all the way up to class level incrementally by using this, this left and right or control alt left and right. And when you start incorporating that into your, your workflow, again, kind of turning it into muscle memory. Right. It really does kind of improve your your speed of development. I mean, at some point, you do feel like an artist, don't you? I mean, and you're a musician. Obviously, you play guitar and piano. And at some, when you get in that zone and that you know into the that state of flow, and you're just you're operating on muscle memory, you you do feel like you're sort of composing in in a way, don't you? Yeah, definitely. You feel like a, a ninja. Yeah, you know. You love it, don't you? You just yeah. you get really, really into it, and again, you just you get in that zone, and you just incredible you don't want, you don't want cosmic to... power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just you're one with Visual Studio, and yeah, it's, you, you just sort of really, really get productive at that point, don't you? Yeah. There's another one, sort of go to definition, um, F12. Yeah. To just to open up a class, you know, it saves you taking your fingers off of the keyboard. Um, and onto the mouse in order to hold control and click that class. And again, it's all about reducing context switching. Right. Um, and, and trying going to really back, sort of I think it's Shift F12, right? Go back. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's always yeah, Shift right. to go back, right? Like Control, Control Tab switches to the next tab. Control Shift Tab goes back that tab, which is where you freak people out, right? I start cutting and pasting between two tabs mm. without ever lifting my hands off the keys. Like you go really fast when you do that. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, what are you doing? You know, what did you just do there? How did you do that? Um, what about, I mean, I love F12 for looking at definition, but what about Alt F12? Which one's Alt F12 again? So Alt F12 me? is just peaking the definition. Oh, yeah. Peak definition. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on peak definition just yet. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll be here all day talking about that. That was, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that was definitely a favorite of mine. Maybe we'll it's get one that of those one. magic yeah. productivity tools, right? You're looking at this column going, what the hell is that? If I F12 to it, now I'm there and I have to go back. If I alt yeah. F12, it, it just pops it up in front of me. Oh, it's that. Okay. And, and then you continue where you were. Yeah, definitely. And it, it just really lends itself to um, to removing that context switching. And what's fantastic with the peak definition um, is you can then do peak definition within your peak definition window. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I, that's right. Yeah, it's, suddenly it's Inception. Wait, what? <laughs> you where? Yeah, you got you got your little your little tab that you can switch between and with the, the peak definition as well. Once you've got those those multiple windows open, you can switch between those tabs. Again, Visual Studio is fantastic in allowing you those those shortcuts to be able to switch switch between those tabs by using the uh, the Control Alt. Uh, what is it? The the minus and the equals um, to yeah. actually cycle between your tabs. Again, trying to remove you from breaking your concentration and having to, you know, reach to your mouse. Well, it's almost like you want to, in order to kind of learn these these shortcuts. It's almost like you want to sit down. I can't. I was trying to think before the show of of where I read or who it was um, that said that you should really try and sort of spend some time learning your 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 tool you get a lot of developers that kind of spend a lot of time learning you know learning the language and improving their skills and writing the language they use mm. but at the same time you know almost forgetting to spend some time on on really focusing on what they use to write that language which is their editor or their their idea of choice almost might be a good idea to to have a a group um rehearsal almost you know like you have a band rehearsal you have a rehearsal where people just show up and they all sit around a conference table and you just practice using these things and showing everybody all the, all the, the, uh, you know, the shortcuts that you should be using in context, in the context of your project that you're doing. Yeah, no, that sounds like a great idea. Um, and you know, if people can take just sort of one or two shortcuts away with them and really sort of focus on them and, and, and kind of and learn them to the point where it becomes muscle memory, they can then you know they'll, they'll then start to find themselves getting you know a lot a lot more productive. Yeah. Um, and then also hopefully get the the bug for the fact that sometimes you just don't need to touch the mouse. Um, going back to this 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 it was. It's a book, I believe, that was saying that you should try and spend sort of just a day, commit yourself to a day of using your editor without using the mouse or using the mouse as little as possible yeah, and right. sort of see how, how fast you can, you can become. Right. Yeah, this is one of those sharpening the saw moments, right? You're not necessarily going to write, write production code doing this, but you might take on like an Euler project or something just to exercise, but then try it a different way. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, and you know, in that process, you'll you'll find yourself kind of instinctively picking up some of these these habits, and really, that's what you want them to become—a a sort of workflow habits. Um, especially with things like the peak definition, as you say, you know, if you're in a class and you can quickly peek into a function that you're working on, um, and and any kind of underlying API, you know, you 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 quids in there in terms of in terms of kind of speeding yourself up um, and removing that that all important context switching. So the thing that sucks Absolutely. is the thing that sucks is when the 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 um shortcuts change from version to version. Oh, like I F6 know. 6 used to be build. Yeah. Oh man. And now it's like split pane or something, you know, go to the next split pane. Yeah, you just got to be one of those grumpy old men and set it back to to what you, you know, what you had it back to before. That's what I end up doing. Um Those are VB settings, man. V, <laughs> VD settings. Yeah, you remember the, the what version of Studio was it? Was it in two thousand eight where they came up with a so are you a VB dev or a C sharp dev and they changed the key oh, implementations? Because F six goes all the way back to original VB and and uh, and the the, the Studio uh, environment for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, brand new shortcut. I just looked it up. Alt apostrophe pulls up Code Lens. Ah, Code Lens. I love Code Lens. Yeah, 
I've been I've been using that since it came out. Of course, you know, with an MSDN subscription, we get you know the 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 big versions and yeah, that's the where ultimate it, edition. The ultimate came with Codelands first, and then it made its way all the way down to the Pro edition. But the Community edition doesn't have it. No, and, and that's where where I sit at the moment is with the the Community edition until I can get work to upgrade to the Ultimate edition. Yeah, and we do want to clarify when we were talking with uh, Sean McBreen, I think it was Richard. It was suggested that the community edition did have code lens in it, but it doesn't. Right. Sorry about that. Well, anyway, you know, we got all these sort of standard two keystroke, right? Your control tab, your control arrows, but it's the two steppers, like uh, commenting and uncommenting code: control K, control C, control K, control U. <laughs> yeah, they take a bit longer to learn. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, there's a whole bunch of stuff under the control K set. It just takes a while to sort of get them, get them all in your head. Yeah, I'm just looking at one here, surround with. Um, again, it's a personal favorite of mine where you can highlight a, a line of code, um, control K and S, and you'll get a little dialogue popping up to see whether you'd like to, what you'd like to surround that line with. And you can surround it with a using, um, statement, uh, an if statement, a, a for loop. Um, and that's definitely a, a great one because it's, you know, it's sometimes a bit frustrating having to, to wrap some code with a, an if statement. Um, and then worry about the formatting. Yeah, but it's interesting to think that way, to write out something and then choose to wrap it into a using or wrap it into an if statement. Because I tend to write an if, then open the, the, the brace indent and go. But yeah, the idea that you would go pick up a piece of code, surround it, push it in and, and wrap it with something. I don't know, I've never done it that way. Yeah, no, to be fair, I mean, I've not done it a, a huge amount of times. Um, but the options there when you do, you know, when it, it does happen, especially if you're kind of importing some or copying some code from another class into into uh, the one you're working on. Right. And um, you, you want to wrap sometimes find yourself. process. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're if you're sort of if you're looping through the code, for instance, a function call, you know, you kind of shift shift tab to the other window, grab the code, bring it into your your kind of active window. And then if you want to wrap it within a, a for loop, you can use that that control K and control F. Um Oh, that's a format selection. Sorry, the uh, the surround with the control A, c- control S. Right. Um, again, it kind of it, it ties back to to really kind of looking at the way you work. Everybody works completely different, and yeah. you know it, it goes back to looking at how you work and kind of what shortcuts are there to really you know really kind of optimize well, mindset that, of that keeping your hand off the mouse, especially for navigation. Right, all the tab maneuvering, word maneuvering. Uh, peaks and so forth. Like those are all about keeping your hands on the keyboard and being able to navigate around the code without, without wasting any time. It gets more complicated when you start modifying code with shortcut keys, like, like the comment block, which I relatively the har- harmless one, but it gets, you know, this is, there's so many things. And that, you know, I'm looking at, uh, at Mads's list and going, these are nicely, they're alphabetical, but they're not order of usefulness or order, order of sort of class, really, of, and navigation controls versus modification controls. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And this is why I kind of feel that and believe that you should really focus on, you know, taking one or two shortcuts at a time rather than just sitting there with a the whole list there because you'll, you know, you, you're never going to, to, to learn all of those in, in one sitting. It's going to take a lifetime of mastering them. Um, so, yeah, definitely pick out the ones that will really, really benefit you. For sure. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is? Oh, it must be that happy time again. Yeah, it's time to reveal a newly found shortcut in Visual Studio 2015. Left Ooh. shift, left alt, left control, right shift, right alt, right control, H-E-L-P. 
<laughs> calls an ambulance. I don't have fingers. Yeah, calls an ambulance. <laughs> I think I have my whole hand down on the keyboard at that point. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's actually time to give away a D-Experience subscription from Developer Express to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an Office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial today at devexpress.com slash superhero. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Aiden Wetherill. Congratulations, Aiden. Golf clap, you, sir. Golf clap, clap for you, sir. <laughs> I want that T-shirt. <laughs> you like my... Uh, yeah, you don't know this, Richard, but uh, Joseph and I are using Skype with video, so he can actually see the round of I've applause. always wondered what they look like as well. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. And you see the clappers. All right. Yeah, I yeah. feel honored. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're doing here, we just gave away a D-Experience subscription from Developer Express. Big pile of awesome from them. Go to .NET Rocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And it's coming up. Not this show. Sorry. <laughs> Real soon now. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the edge of their seat, aren't they? Any time now. And we also like to ask our guests, Joseph, if you had five thousand dollars US to buy surface book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straight away. Yeah, 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 let definitely. me finish my question. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> surface book. Yeah, that's <laughs> three grand book. though, man. You still have money to spend, even if you get the full load. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. Um, Hololens for sure. Uh, now you're over. You're the over. Dev yeah, kit's three I grand. know. I know. So it's that that decision really between a, a Surface Book and a Hololens. Chip in another thousand bucks and buy them both. There yeah, I go. might have to do that. To be fair, but sure. yeah, the Surface Book looks absolutely fantastic. I remember watching them um, when they announced it, and they they played the video back, and they had that that space music come on, and all of a sudden the screen detached, and I was jumping around in my seat like a kid. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> So I was, uh, I, as soon as it came on the screen, I'm like, that's my machine. And I immediately ordered it. And I ordered it so quickly that, uh, I didn't find out the screen came off till I finished my order. No yeah. way. Oh, you're in for a treat then. I've already got yeah, it. Yeah, he's got it. In fact, we were at the yeah. MVP summit and he was walking around with it and all the Microsofties were drooling over it because they didn't have one. Don't blame them to be fair. You should, you, I bet you didn't let that out of your sight. Oh, no, I was pretty careful. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'd, in the UK here, we've got to wait. We've no idea when we're going to get it, but yeah. um, I'm there every day refreshing the Microsoft store looking <laughs> for some announcement for when it's out. Yeah, I have to decide if I'm going to get a HoloLens dev kit or a Surface Book. It's a tough decision. Have you tried the HoloLens yet? I have. Yeah, yeah, is Richard, it good? Richard has too, yeah. Yeah, yes, it's good. Is it? Is it like the videos? No. No, no, it's it's not like the videos, but um, it's it's very close. So the the current Hololens is great if you're if you're like sitting down and looking at a desk, you know, or looking at something on a table. Then the field of view is is pretty good, you know. And if you're collaborating with somebody about 
some object that's on the table or out in front of you, that's great. But if you're looking for that immersive, uh, you know, takes up the whole of your vision experience, no, it's not there yet. It's that part of it's not there. But I think there's a strong case to be made for business case, you know, maybe not a gaming case, but a, certainly a business case for, you know, working with holograms that are sort of just in a fixed place and that you move around. You can walk around them and stuff like that, but stuff that's not going to be coming at you from all directions. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's almost like you sound a, a bit ungrateful when you're there, you know, saying, well, cause does it does it sort of go over the, the whole field of view when really what it's actually doing is incredible? It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and if you take away the field of view uh, issue, you you are looking at stuff in the room and it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's certainly exciting future, isn't it? Yes. The problem with the videos is that there's no field of view. Every, the, everything you put up is everywhere. I mean, even if it was a perfect field of view, which it's not, it was as much as you could see, there's still stuff behind you. And the video never gives you that sense. So, you know, it, it is always going to be limited by your absolute presence. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's the end of the world. It's their prototypes. There's, they're going to get better. But the holograms stick like they do in the video. Yeah. Do you know? they? Oh, absolutely. Oh, There's wow. no That's, yeah, that was one that one, something I wondered about is how, you know, how, how firm they are and how, how much they stick. Oh, yeah. They, it's totally believable. Yeah. I mean, I'm sold. I don't care about the field of view issue. I'm, I'm sold. Yeah. But will you wear it in front of your friends? That's the question. Because it's you're wearing a pair of ski goggles. It's pretty dorky. Yeah, it is dorky. Yeah, but when you know when you're trying to explain what uh, what you're seeing, I don't know. They might be a bit more a bit more interested then. Well, I think this is forgiving. an interesting question: is has it passed the threat? Is it cool enough that you don't care what anybody thinks? Well, you know, you do look really weird when you're just gazing at nothing from everybody else's perspective and you're going, yeah, whoa, and you got your hands out in front of you and you're like touching things and stuff. <laughs> it's, it does look strange. So, but like I said, in that, in that scenario where, you know, you've got where you're collaborating on a 3D object is hugely compelling to me and very powerful and probably even the most compelling story they have. Right. I mean, games are one thing. Games are always going to be fun. But a business app, you know, where you're actually working on a model together and collaborating, that to me is extremely exciting. And that is completely available and doable with what we have now. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. It's definitely an exciting future, isn't it? Sure is. Augmented but, reality. But not as exciting as Visual Studio 2015 <laughs> with shortcuts. <laughs> nice segue there. <laughs> Let me pull one out that I think we all maybe know but have forgotten about, the clipboard ring. Oh, yeah. Just because you've done this. You've cut, you cut something out you mean to paste in somewhere else, and then you forget about it and cut something else. You're like, oh, no, I've lost it. Right. And you haven't. Right. Because it keeps multiple co- clips. Yeah, it's definitely saved my backside a few times. Going back to, to, to what we were talking about a second ago, using the, the control X to, uh, to delete lines when you get a bit, yep. bit liberal with that, you do find that happening. And that's definitely saved me. But yeah, control shift V and being able to cycle through the ring, all the different things you might want to insert. It's, it's really nicely done and it's been around for a long time, but people still don't know about it. Wagner would have been happy about cycling through the ring. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Opera joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
So moving on from the, uh, the the shortcuts, once you kind of got your your kind of bread and butter shortcuts that you sure. you started to learn, um, there there are other areas of Visual Studio as well that I highly recommend people checking out, such as the enhanced scroll bar. Um, have you guys ever used used that before? Tell us about the enhanced scroll bar. Basically, what you do if you go to Tools Options text editor, all languages, and then scroll bars. Um, you've got an assortment of options there that allow you to turn the, uh, the the scroll bar into an overview of your class. And you can change the, the width of the scroll bar. And basically what happens is as you look down the scroll bar, you can actually see your lines of code on the scroll bar. Um, and you can the width of it can go from narrow to medium to wide mm. uh, depending on how much screen space you're happy to kind of dedicate to the scroll bar yeah. but it's it's really great for giving you an overview of the whole entire class and what's fantastic about it as well is um the fact that it will show any kind of errors on there and right. it changes all the carrot position as well um right you see really little red of- splotches where there are errors and you see was it orange where or, or some other color where there's been modification you know that kind of thing Precisely, yes. Yeah, and then a, a blue bar where the carrot uh, currently sits. Mm. Um, so it, it's really nice kind of way of grounding you in the in the class and sort of keeping you keeping you sort of aware of where where you are and where you're you're navigating to and from. And then what's great as well is you can mouse over the uh, the scroll bar and then you'll get a, a pop up window which follows the mouse as you move it up and down the scroll bar, which gives you a, a view of the code. So you can easily kind of you know you can easily see what code is resides at that point in the in the class and here's a tip for you if you find that you're spending too much time scrolling up and down create another class what are you <laughs> yeah, doing right. yeah partial class well. just make another file yeah and then there's another um at the top of the scroll bar another really handy thing that i stumbled upon about a year ago and i was blown back with with how awesome it was is the fact that at the top there's an arrow which you can pull down and essentially split your class into or your window into two windows of the same class Mm -hmm. so if you are working sort of across the full class you can easily break that view um into two sort of quite effortlessly um and 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 yeah sort of working in different parts of the class Uh, unfortunately there's no way to do it via a shortcut i've looked um so you do have to, to sort of reach for the mouse on that one, but it's, but it's can, definitely very, very beneficial. And you can tag, toggle through the through the panes with Alt F6, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. You got to wonder if they're not running out of shortcut keys. You know, like there's a lot of combinations here. We're just going to make up a new keyboard. That's all. <laughs> Why not have, sell the Visual Studio keyboard that just has an array of special buttons just for you? You imagine somebody shouting down the, uh, the the hallway, "Hey, hey, you you overwrote my shortcut. Oh, I was saving that one for <laughs> for the shortcut I was working on." <laughs> uh, what about all the debugging keystrokes? Because there's another place where you can be slow or fast. Like it could be pretty be a lot of mousing in, in debugging if you in step step by step. Yeah, definitely. I mean, naturally, you've got the ones that allow you to sort of step over or step into um, yeah. into functions. And those are, again, kind of the bread and butter ones that I'd recommend people really get to grips with. Um, it's, it, it seems from from my observation, most people do use the shortcuts, those. But if you don't, then definitely, you know, spend some time. That 
there's only a few of them there that you really need to sort of really need to master in order to help your your debugging um, and increase your speed of debugging. Uh, so it's definitely worth spending a bit of time um, just to you know just to to get to grips with those. Um, they're yeah, a bit fiddly F10, at first. F10, F11, Shift F11. Right. Yeah, precisely. Yes. But and again, that's what, that's so, what makes the difference. Is you're stepping through code, suddenly you drop into a method where you're like, oh, I don't want to see this. So Shift F11, you're back out to the next line of code where you were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots. There's a lot more stuff looking at at Mad's list here of debugging keystrokes now than I've ever seen or ever used. Like they've done, they've added a whole bunch of things. Yeah, I mean that's what's great to see with Visual Studio is you know every single version they're they're clearly sort of on a a, a mission there to really kind of increase productivity in it. You know they've not they've not sat back and they're they're still pushing like that, right. which is great to see. Um, another one I'm a huge fan of is code snippets. Yeah. Um, oh yes. Absolutely fantastic. Again, you know if you want to create a, a constructor from within a class, you type the word ctor, a c t o r. You press tab, and instantly. You've got a, a constructor there, ready to ready to go. Uh, the same with properties. You type the word prop, press tab. Um, you get code completion there, where it will write out the entire property, and you'll be able to tab through the different um, the different sections of the 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 property. So you get to define the type, and then you can press tab onto the the actual variable name itself. Um, now is that Studio could... or is that Resharper? No, that's Studio. Okay. Because these sound like we're sharper tricks and code rush tricks. No, no, it's I'm certain that's uh, that's studio. If you if you type prop and press tab, you get a property list. Yep, and then it should auto complete the actual property. Nice. I I have not. I don't have a copy of Studio in front of me right now because the machine that runs Studio is in a box. Mm. Ah, okay. <laughs> You know, with the flood. One of the things that's been in Studio since I can remember has been, you know, the toolbar on the left, you know, that's usually docked to the left, the toolbox. Well, when you're in code, that turns into a nice little, um, for lack of a better word, a clipboard where you can just copy code and drag it over there. And you get these little snippets of code that you can just drag into your project any other time. I have always loved that feature. Yeah, it's really nice being able to to sort of save your code like that and, and come back to it at a later date and, as yeah. you say, just sort of drag us across. Those little things that you're always using, you know, you just pop them in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I'm just finding out now whether that, um, that property is Visual Studio or not. Um, I'm <laughs> certain it's Visual Studio. Yes, it is Visual Studio. Definitely. Okay. I just disabled Resharper. Learn something new. Yeah, definitely. There's there's loads of them. Uh, what's fantastic about the the code snippets as well is you can customize them yourself. Um, it's not it doesn't just sort of stop at the constructor and properties. You can also type try. Uh, you press tab and then you you get your your try catch instantly generated for you. Uh, the, the same with using. Um, and again, you can actually turn them into to shortcuts. Yeah, so you could actually build up your own set. Just yeah, precisely. Sense. Now yeah, that's in um, C sharp because you know in VB that just happens. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you type try, enter, you get the catch and the end try. Yep, it just works that it just way. Just happens. There's a lot of stuff in VB that just happens. Yeah. 
Not giving enough love to VB these days. It's, it's true. true. Yeah. Yep. I, to be fair, I'm guilty when it comes to VB. I've never really uh, spent much time with it. Um, I, I did when I was much younger, sort of build my first <laughs> applications. It was a fantastic language to, to, you know, sort of be really productive in. But um, when it I is. started using C Sharp, it's just, it, it blew me away. You go from a language like PHP into to C Sharp and wow, it's just... Oh man, you know, sure. Yeah, Link. The first time you use Link, it's like witchcraft. Yep, sure is. Yeah, it's just a step above, different way of thinking about it. I got to think it's really challenging for the resharper guys and the code rush guys and the just code guys to deal with the fact that Studio just sort of takes some of these things on. It becomes part of Studio and you, you almost want to get it out of their product too. Like It's got to be an interesting dynamic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you see that with the, uh, the the quick actions that was added to Visual Studio 2015. Um, right. That was always a, a strong selling point for Resharper. Um, just the ability to kind of instantly refactor a, a line, say you've got a, an error or something, um, or include in a reference, you've got your control, what is it, control uh, full stop, um, which presents you with kind of a, an in-context view allowing you to to mend the code or to refactor it. Um, now, these are the yeah, light bulbs in 2015, the little light bulb that comes up and says, like, this reference doesn't exist or all those sorts of things? That's correct, yes. And there are, and there is a refactoring engine underneath all that that used to be in other people's products. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, I don't think those other products really have anything to worry about because they no. they they sort of they seem to take it to the next level almost they see what you know what tools visual studio have in each version um and then present sort of features on top of them and build on top of them uh, which is really really yeah. great to see it's almost a win win for everybody really yeah they call it dancing with the elephant <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i can imagine so <laughs> cuz his his feet get mighty close <laughs> There's one I'm yet to see in, in Visual Studio though, which um, if you've got Resharper, um, you know, is is a massive win. Is um, being able to direct quickly find classes and quickly locate classes. Right. Um, in Resharper, if you use it, you've got a, a go to file where you can just hold Control Shift and T, um, and you can start to search for a, a file. And what's really nice is. Um, the, the searching is really quite loose. So say you've got a, a class called string helper, for instance, uh, a C-sharp file, and naturally you can also search for JavaScript files. Is you can you can just type start typing the word string and then t .cs, and it will highlight all of the, the, the classes that match and have those words in the entire class name. Huh. Um, That's interesting. In 2015, Control-Shift-T splits into a new method. Yeah, sorry, no, this is a, a resharper right. feature. Um, that's, uh, how do you get around those collisions, right? You know, like the key keystrokes in, because that's a keystroke claimed in Visual Studio right now, Control-Shift-T. So, yeah, so what happens is if when using resharper, you get to choose um, whether to sort of favor the resharper, and this is from memory, you get to choose whether to favor the resharper shortcuts. But naturally, you can go into the um, the options and... And specify them. exactly yes yeah because yeah, i imagine you would inevitably have some kind of collision with with those shortcuts considering how inevitably, many there are yeah. of them mm. yeah nothing you can do about that it's got to be part of the battle but it, once you've got resharper or code rush reflexes boy you don't want those to go away you're going to want to keep using those and count on them being there yeah absolutely 
Yeah, so, definitely. All right. So let's just throw a couple more out here at the end for, you know, just to keep people listening. <laughs> um, okay. So we've got the bookmarks as well. It's another yep. fantastic um fantastic feature of Visual Studio. Um, Again, once you incorporate that into your workflow, what you find yourself doing is, say you're working on a a method within a class, you can place your bookmark and go off to other classes, um, navigate around the the solution, um, and you can quickly get back to that that place you're editing. And if you use it in in kind of rapid succession and think about it more of, of using it quickly instead of bookmarking them over long periods of time, which you can do, um, it really speeds up your navigation and it saves you having to look for classes and trying to find where you were again within the class. Mm-hmm. And so to toggle in bookmarks, it's just control K, press K twice to add a, a bookmark and control KK to remove the bookmark. Um, and once you've got, got those bookmarks in place, you can then go to a bookmark window by using control KW where you'll see a list of all of your bookmarks and you can use your up and down keys, um, press return on the bookmark you want to then immediately return to that, that place, um, in your code. There's some, uh, diff tools too, like, um, what is it? Next and previous difference. Those are, uh, F eight for next and shift F eight for previous. That's a kind of a nice tool. Yeah, definitely. Yes, I mean, I've, I I can't sort of say I've actually used those ones. There's certainly a lot of shortcuts I'm still kind of learning. I like to set myself a task of learning at least sort of one or two shortcuts as, as I go to, to make sure I'm kind of constantly learning these, these newer ones. It's very cool. Like I said, you know, this could be a great um, f- opportunity for people to get together with, I don't know, a small group, 10 or 12 people, have a lunch. And just sort of practice, you know, have a practice session, have a jam session where you break out these bookmarks and, and try to, you know, commit them to muscle memory and by literally practicing them over and over again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, you know, a place of work, like you say, on a lunch break, if you're able to sit down with a whole load of guys and, and really spend some time doing that, it, you could imagine how that would would really sort of help a team out. Um, oh, yeah, of, immensely. I mean, especially if everybody's included, you know, now you don't just have the one bookmark guy or the one shortcut guy, you know, who's flying and everybody else is doing it the hard way. You get everybody on the same page. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very good. great to do. So, uh, Joseph, what's next in your inbox? What are you, what are you going to be doing soon? Um, I've been, I've sort of set myself a target last year to, to sort of focus on contributing to open source projects. So I'm really trying to, to sort of make that happen. Um, I've recently been contributing to a, a unit testing, um, framework called Shouldly, uh-huh. um, which has been fantastic. Uh, it's an absolutely brilliant library that's, yep. Uh, I've really, really enjoyed contributing to, and the the owner of it, uh, Jake, who you had on a few a few sort of episodes ago, he's mm-hmm. been really, really good, and you know, in helping me get get stuck in. Um, so yeah, doing doing more of that really. That's great. I love it. Well, thanks a lot for spending an hour with us and being with us today. It's been great. Well, thank you guys. Uh, before going, I just want to you know extend my gratitude for what you guys have done with with .NET Rocks um, when moving from PHP to to .NET, you know, you guys really helped me get up to speed and, and the consistency in which you, you create these episodes has just been, these podcasts have been absolutely fantastic. Well, that's great. Um, well, don't so stop yeah, listening or Richard and I will have to get real jobs. <laughs> no, I won't. Don't worry, i get all my friends to listen to it. <laughs> all right. 
Thanks a lot, Joseph. And we'll Thanks see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a